0: Well continue to keep your seatbelts fastened when it comes to following American politics In 2023, after the midterm elections in November, Republicans will soon take control of the House of Representatives while Democrats have control of the Senate. It's going to be a split Congress with possible investigations into the Bidens and America's withdrawal from Afghanistan. More names announcing their candidacy for president too as the 2024 presidential election looms. To talk about all of this and more, we're joined now by Congressman Brendan Boyd. Boyle, Congressman Bill Keating, Elena Trean, congressional reporter for Axios, and Scott Jennings, longtime Republican strategist and senior CNN political commentator. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Congressman Boyle and Keating, I'm going to head to you first because you're both members of the Democratic Party and you both have reasons to have a pep in your step heading into the new term good-ish midterm results and gas prices down. Where do you see this new term going? Congressman Boyle, I'll go to you first.
1: Yeah, well, first, as you referenced, there's no question that the the midterm election did not go as they typically go. Typically, the party in power, especially the party that holds the White House in both chambers of Congress, typically loses a lot of House seats. That's the case 90% of the time in midterm elections since the late 1800s. Um, But that didn't happen this time. And so, yes, we did lose the majority in the House, um, but uh, we're only five seats uh, down. And then, of course, in the Senate, we actually added a seat. So in terms of what the next two years look like, we have divided government. Um, Typically, that has produced deadlock. uh, But there have been exceptions where you have seen grand compromises, On major pieces of legislation, people forget now, but that happened in the late 1990s when Newt Gingrich was Speaker and Bill Clinton was in the White House. It also happened the first time that Nancy Pelosi was Speaker and George W. Bush was was president. For example, it led to the last time the minimum wage was increased. So I I would not be totally doom and gloom that we're guaranteed to have two years of of, uh, gridlock.
0: Congressman Bill Keating, are you, you going in as positive as Congressman Boyle?
2: Well, I think I'll I'll be realistic in the sense that, uh, number one, the midterms uh, did reaffirm uh, democracy, uh, you know, those Democratic issues, uh, the big D Democratic issues, the ones that uh, are so important uh, right now in our uh, authoritarian versus democracy challenge that we face. So the election deniers uh, on the Republican side lost their elections. Uh, They do have a slim majority, which will force some bipartisanship. Uh, and I'm hopeful in that regard. The two committees I focus on uh, are very, you know, uh, you know, by history, bipartisan, foreign affairs and uh, the Armed Services Committee. So there'll be elements of that, but there'll be difficulty. Uh, you know, I look back at the former Speaker Boehner and former Speaker Ryan and what the trouble they had within their own party. And, and now, uh, you know, you have the current leader, McCarthy, who is, uh, you know, bartering for to be captain of a pirate ship uh, whose crew is already planning his mutiny. So there's a great uh, difficulty even within the Republican Party organizing that way that two former Republican speakers have faced. And that will create uh, even more deadlock. So I anticipate, uh, you know, investigations uh, as they have had forecast themselves. And and I I don't see great initiatives coming out, but I do see streams of bipartisanship that we should all latch on to.
0: Scott Jennings, what do you make of that? Because we have Republicans on Capitol Hill and in the Republican National Committee squabbling amid widespread unhappiness in the party over its showing in November. Uh, With that confidence of the Democrats, where does the Republican Party stand at the moment? Are are they in a bit of a limbo?
3: Well, you know, uh, we don't have a leader right now because former President Donald Trump is losing altitude among Republican voters Uh, And we don't have the White House. So right now, the party's trying to to re-coagulate its identity, and and that oftentimes leads to internal strife. It's not all doom and gloom for the Republicans. Uh, The party did win the national popular vote in the congressional election. Uh, They do have control of the House of Representatives, despite the internal uh, squabbling over uh, who's going to be Speaker of the House. Um, and the prospects in 2024 look pretty good. Joe Biden's approval rating is still very low. His policies are not terribly popular, Uh, and a lot of the country, I think, is looking for a new generation of leadership. The Senate map in 2024 for Republicans is very favorable uh, with a lot of Democrats defending rural territory. So I I do think there are some things for the Republicans uh, to look forward to, but yes, there are some internal issues the party has to sort out and ultimately, that's what presidential primaries are for. And it seems to me like we're going to have a big one. And and uh, Ron DeSantis right now of the governor of Florida is kind of the leader of the new generation of Republicans looking to supplant
4: Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, Elena, you're kind of in the thick of it uh, being a congressional reporter. Where do you see the next two years going? Well, I think
4: the congressmen are right. Uh, the next two years will be dominated by this Push and pull of divided government. You're going to have Senate, or Democrats in control of the Senate, Republicans in control of the House. That means not a lot of, you know, the bills that we've seen over the last couple of years now under the Biden administration, such as the bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Some of those Democratic-led bills be passed, um, and it will be dominated by House Republicans investigations. Republicans have been planning meticulously uh, the series of investigations they plan to launch, including examining the withdrawal from Afghanistan, examining what they argue is the politicization of the Justice Department and the FBI, uh, looking into Hunter Biden, the president's son, a lot of these more political investigations and hauling in a lot of people from the Biden administration like the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, um, looking at ESG, which is environmental and social government policies and and investment firms. I mean, a lot of these things that they've been very eager to dig into and people that they've been eager to speak with, um, hauling them in for some of these high profile congressional investigations. So that's on the Congress front. And then, yes, of course, 2024 and the presidential election will be one of the key things dominating the news cycle and really seeing who Republicans get behind. Uh, and I agree with what everyone's saying on this on this call, that President Trump is still a formidable Republican, uh, but he is starting to lose some of his most loyal followers. And we are seeing, I think, a departure from some of that steadfast loyalty to him and, and people really being afraid of speaking out against him or criticizing the former president. Now we're starting to see more Republicans begin to do that and try to distance themselves from some of the divisive rhetoric that we've seen him continue to use. And Ron DeSantis, for sure, the, the Florida governor, has been really a formidable person who's showing that he could become a key opponent to Donald Trump. I think we'll see a lot of other people throw their hat into the ring for the 2024 uh, Republican nominee slot. But it's really going to be, I think, a question of can Donald Trump remain the frontrunner, and if not, who will be the person to really challenge him and gain the support of many Republicans who have, for the past several years, really been the party of Donald Trump.
0: And Congressman Keating, if we go into what was what Elena was saying there about uh, House Republicans investigating possibly into Hunter Biden, uh, into his business dealings, also the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, is, is that something that is worrying Democrats uh, coming into this new term?
2: I really am not terribly concerned about the investigations themselves. I'm concerned about how the time, the precious time of Congress will be wasted uh, doing that, because we do have huge priorities. And uh, I'm more concerned, uh, I think, from an Irish perspective and an international and European perspective, about some of the isolationist thoughts uh, within the Republican Party and their effect. I've already seen the effects of that on the Foreign Affairs Committee just at the waning days of this Congress now with votes that came up. And Marjorie Taylor Greene leading uh, efforts to uh, move us away from backing Ukraine and and supporting Europe and getting the support in the committee of mainstream Republicans. So that's what I would be more concerned about rather than the investigations themselves.
0: But but with Ukraine... The U.S. funding for Ukraine has been extraordinary. Overall, fifty billion dollar package, including military aid, humanitarian aid, twenty billion dollars of that in military aid. That is an extraordinary amounts uh, amount of money. Surely, the expected House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. His analysis and his way of thinking is, listen, we can't give a blank check anymore to Ukraine and we need to look at the amount of spending, uh, the amount of money that we are spending on Ukraine.
2: There, there's no blank check. I mean, all these have been documented. There's a great effort to of accountability for the military assets that are there. And that is an issue that, that uh, commands respect across the aisle. But uh, importantly, it, U.S. isn't doing this alone. Everything you mentioned was the U.S. commitment. Uh, We're mindful that we can't be successful in helping Ukraine without our coalition that was formed in Europe. So uh, it's very important that President Biden, who I think will go down historically, history will look favorably upon President Biden, the way he has worked to put this coalition together. So it's that coalition we should be concerned about uh, as well. And And again, getting back to my greater concern that this isolationist wing of the Republican Party uh, could do things to break that. I'm, I'm more concerned about keeping that together uh, as a
3: priority, even though the funding itself is important.
0: Scott Jennings, what do you make of that?
3: Yeah, um, I think on the isolation question, I agree with the congressman uh, that this is going to be a raging debate for the Republican Party that will define the future. Uh, and there are rising isolationists in the Republican Party and they're wrong. Uh, My personal views are that the United States is a force for good in the world, uh, and it always has been, and it always needs to be. But there are people on the right that uh, think otherwise. I would also point out there are people on the progressive left that would rather not spend as much money overseas uh, when they have so much domestic spending they'd they'd rather do in the United States. So it's not fully uh, on the right that this rising isolationism is a problem. But I think for people who believe in what the United States stands for in both the Democrat and Republican parties, it's vital that that bipartisanship continues. I think there's a strong bipartisan majority in Congress to continue helping the Ukrainians uh, as we have so far. So that's number one. On the investigations, I think that the American people are going to be most interested in the investigations of the border and what's going on on our southern border. And also the pullout from Afghanistan, it strikes me that those two things are going to have the most political salience as it relates to the failures of the Biden administration or whatever that uncovers. The Hunter Biden investigation, uh, which Republicans consider to be an investigation of Joe Biden, is far more political. And my guess is opinions are already hardened on that. If you're a Democrat, you don't think much of it. If you're a Republican, you think it's the scandal of the century. Uh, But on the two big policy issues, the border and Afghanistan, I really do think the American people are anxious to find out what happened and how to stop it uh, from happening again in the case of Afghanistan and how to fix the border crisis that we're currently in in the United States.
0: Yeah, Congressman Boyle, Scott Jennings has a point there in relation to the investigation into Afghanistan and that evacuation of an unprecedented scale that saw more than 120,000 people airlifted out of the country after the Taliban swept into Kabul.
1: Uh, You know, just in terms of pure politics, I actually agree with Scott on the border um, and the political potency of that. I disagree with him, though, on Afghanistan, Uh, even though the um, withdrawal of Afghanistan from Afghanistan, the way it was carried out, um, frankly, raises a lot of questions. And there was some footage that was very difficult to watch, Mm. Uh, especially after a 20 year commitment of blood and treasure That said, though, the solid majority of Americans still agree with President Biden's decision. A solid majority thought that it was, frankly, long past time to leave. So I actually, I'm not concerned about those sorts of investigations or oversight hearings. When it comes to the border, however, that's the one that has far greater political potency. Uh, That is the one that will put, especially border state Democrats, on the defensive as well as this administration and that is the one where candidly um the incumbent administration faces some sort of risk now by the way this has been an issue for at least 20 years i remember when it was hot in 2005 2006 when george w bush was president so it's not like this just uh, came about yesterday uh at the same time however there is no question that we democrats face fairly or not some vulnerability here and if Republicans focused on that and less the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, frankly, they would be wise.
0: Elena, what do you think?
4: I think they make good points. And I, I agree with Scott and the congressman that so many of these Republican investigations are hyper political. And really, in, in the current polarized state of American politics right now and the environment that we're in, it is. I think Scott's right in the sense that Democrats will believe that it's kind of a political farce to to continue to hammer into these points, whereas other things really are very compelling like the border, uh, like examining the Afghanistan withdrawal, um, things that Americans really do want answers to. Um, At the same time, I agree with both the Congressmen as well that it will take up a lot of time away from the legislative activity that I think a lot of members are eager to see. I think we're going to have a lot of issues in some of the most basic factors of governing. I think having a divided government where you're looking at dealing with the debt ceiling, dealing with trying to bring down inflation, uh, it's going to be very difficult to, to even get agreement on some of these most basic forms of governing. And so um, that's where I think the investigations will really take maybe a more higher priority among Republicans because it's really about messaging. A lot of these investigations will be about having that wall-to-wall cable coverage, having Americans look at some of the things that they want to dig into and a lot of it will be political. Um and I think that's going to be a struggle for a lot of people in Congress trying to, you know, distract from or I should say distract the noise from the reality of what's happening, and so I think it's gonna be an interesting place for a lot of members, including uh, congressman Boyle and uh, uh, Congress you know everyone on this call. I think that it's just gonna be a difficult thing to to try and parse through really what is important here, what are the facts that we're trying to to glean versus what really is political theater
0: and Congressman keating uh if we look to 2024, Um, it seems like Joe Biden has support of those closest to him for a second uh, to run for a second term uh, as president. Uh, But does he have the support of the Democratic Party? I suppose he has got a bit of a bounce after those midterm election results. Would you like to see a contest for the nomination?
2: Well, I think, first of all, the president has to make his own announcement Uh, Should he announce uh, that he wants to run for re-election, I think he'll have solid Democratic support. uh,
1: And I don't think he'll be seriously contested.
0: Uh, Brendan Boyle, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. If Joe Biden decides to run again in 2024, uh, he'll have my strong support. Um, I was literally the first Democratic member of Congress to endorse him when he decided to run in early 2019. Um, And I still believe... Um, while I know that you know, people under, uh, understandably raise the age issue because he has now turned 80, um, mm-hmm. that said, um, I still believe Joe Biden is actually our best candidate for 2024. And I think those who, who on our side, uh, the relatively few who might raise some issues, um, Joe Biden has a line, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think when you do that, Biden stacks up pretty well.
0: Could he beat somebody like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, though, or even Donald Trump? Again, could we see a rematch of 2020?
1: Oh, we absolutely could. Look, anyone who's going to make a solid prediction about the next presidential election really should just look at the history of the last 15 to 20 years. How many people in 2004 would have predicted that the next president of the United States would be a then-state senator named Barack Obama from Illinois and become the nation's first African-American president. How many would have predicted then that he would have been succeeded by 1980s, 1990s casino magnate and C-list celebrity Donald Trump? So, you know, anytime anyone wants to definitively say what's going to happen in 2024, I I say just look at recent history and perhaps have a, a little bit of humility.
0: And Scott Jennings, so far it appears, from this side of the Atlantic anyways, that Donald Trump's presidential announcement has been a a bit of a flop. What do you think of that? Because this obviously puts the likes of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and whoever wants to try for that Republican nomination for president in a very strong position.
3: Yeah, it's been a complete flop. Um, And everything that's happened to him since he made his announcement has been bad. It's been one bad day after another, whether it was the result of the midterms, which were widely interpreted as a repudiation of uh, Trump-branded Republican candidates, or whether it was his legal problems, or the conclusion of the January 6th committee, the referrals to the Department of Justice. I mean, you go on and on and on. It's been a couple of years, more than a couple of years, since Donald Trump had a good day politically. Probably the day he recovered from COVID was one, and maybe the day that he uh, at least tied, slightly bested Joe Biden in the third presidential debate, that was another. Ever since that day, it's been one bad day after another, and he's gotten worse in his standing among the American people. He's gotten worse in his standing among the Republican Party. Republicans still will say they like Donald Trump, but they're tired of losing. The only thing Donald Trump ever won was 2016, when he did ascend to the White House. He lost the national popular vote. He sort of backed into it. He lost to Joe Biden, and Republicans can't fathom the thought that we would lose to Joe Biden again and so that's why they're looking for someone younger. I think the next presidential election is an old versus new. Whichever political party nominates someone new is going to have a distinct advantage. The one thing Americans do not want is a rematch between Trump and Biden. People are over it and they want new candidates and a fresh generation of leadership. If one party goes new and one party goes old, I don't know who's who I just know new is going to have an advantage.
0: Well, as we head into the new year, it's always great to do some predictions this time of year. We'll start off with you first, Congressman Brendan Boyle. What do you see as being the biggest political issue in 2023? Where is all the focus going to be?
1: Well, I'm reminded of uh, Mark Twain's uh, quote, the predictions are hard to make, especially about the future. We love them, though. Um (laughs) Yeah, but nonetheless, I I will. I still make sports predictions and (laughs) I I still make uh, uh, political predictions. I will make two predictions for you. First, I will say the biggest question in, in domestic politics in the United States, but I think also in some countries in Europe, will be the economy and whether or not we avoid slipping into recession. Will we finally break the back of inflation? but will, in doing so, bring us about a a recession. Uh, That will be by far, I think, the the biggest political issue that will dominate things. And then my second quick prediction, 2023 will be the year that Mayo wins the Sam McGuire Cup.
0: (laughs) Very good, very good. Congressman Keating, what about you?
1: Well, although I think it it, it stands a
2: a strong chance of being a prolonged war, I do think uh, through the course of 2023, particularly the latter half of the year, we'll see a real turn Uh, on the ukraine-russian war Uh, i think russia is suffering enormously every day that goes by uh, jeopardizes their position so i do think that we'll see uh, the tide continue to go in the favor of ukraine and the west supporting uh, their effort uh, with an illegal russian aggression Uh, and i do think russia will begin to focus on having to sit down at the table and begin to negotiate. That is a prediction uh, that I truly hope and pray occurs. And, and the other uh, is that, uh, frankly, uh, I think uh, if we move forward, uh, we should really look carefully. We put the pandemic in the back, in the rearview mirror. And there's been variants, so one of the things to be mindful of, and I hope we continue be, uh, to be successful. Although China's having great setbacks, is dealing with the pandemic and. And hopefully not having a new uh, variant come forward that's uh, much more dangerous or even have another pandemic start. So uh, one is uh, very optimistic. The other is very watchful.
0: Absolutely. Scott Jennings, give us something a little bit more positive there.
3: Uh, Let's see. Positive. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think Donald Trump's going to be indicted finally. (laughs) And, and, And that won't be positive for him, but it might be positive for the Republican Party. Uh, and, I, and I'll and i just make a bold political prediction. I think he may not finish the race. Wow. He's in the race right now. And I think when he got into it and was planning to get into it, he couldn't fathom a world where he had to fight for this. And well, one thing I've thought about him so far since he announced is his heart doesn't seem to be in it. And so I think I think being indicted, which is highly likely, both at the state and federal level, uh, uh, and then seeing someone like DeSantis charge ahead of him, I don't know that he can stomach the prospect of losing an election inside the Republican Party. So that'll be my bold prediction. Indictment followed by dropping out of the Republican primary.
0: Elena Treen, what do you think? Scott could be on something. Um, and yeah, I think, I
4: think it's going to be a crazy next couple of years. Uh, a lot of divisiveness on capitol hill and i do think that the 2024 election will be surprising and i i agree with scott that i do think donald trump is in for what could be a rude awakening and and really lose a lot of that star power that he's enjoyed over the past several years it could potentially be a turning point um and seeing the republican party look to a new leader and begin to leave him behind
0: Mm. Well, listen, we just about have enough time for one more prediction. Um, Who will be the nomination in 2024 for the Democratic Party and the Republican Party? Brendan Boyle, will go with you first.
1: Uh, For the Democrats? Yeah, yeah, for the Democrats, I I absolutely believe it will be uh, Joe Biden. Um, For the Republicans, I actually will say that it will be Donald Trump. Um, uh, I I think that in the end of the day, look, he very well could be indicted. This could very well be the turning of the page. However, I just remember the first time that was predicted back in 2015 when Donald Trump uh, said a very incendiary thing about John McCain and called him a loser. And many people thought that was the end of the Trump uh, campaign. There have been so many times when this has been predicted maybe finally this will be the one where republicans turn away from trump Uh, but i'm very much in the camp of i will believe it when i say it
0: congressman keating
1: well i think uh, it'll be joe biden but if he
2: chooses not to run uh then i would say look to our governors look to a midwestern governor uh because many times in our history uh at these times i think scott jennings is right people would look to a new face and they might look to domestically to a governor as a nominee. So don't discount if it opens up that possibility. Uh, on the Republican side, uh, I think it's, this is Ron DeSantis is like peaking too quickly almost as Donald Trump fades and he deals in the polls. The one thing you don't want to be too early sometimes in these presidential campaigns mm, like is Bush. the front. Is the yeah or Ted Kennedy used to do that a front runner and all of a sudden uh, everyone's you know pointing their spears at you. So that's something to be mindful of. So I wouldn't coronate him as the alternative. I think there'll be a primary, I agree with Scott, there'll be a primary among Republicans and there'll be many people that throw their hat
3: in the ring and, and,
2: and someone will have the opportunity in that vacuum of Donald Trump to advance.
0: Scott Jennings, are you going to give us a wild card?
3: <laughs> I, I think the Republican nominee is likely to be a governor who has very little if nothing to do with Washington D.C. I think the Republican Party and its members hate Washington D.C. and everything that's going on there and they're looking for people out of the middle of the country uh, to lead the party so there are several options DeSantis is one he gets a lot of publicity Glenn Youngkin the governor of Virginia is one Uh, I think Brian Kemp the governor of Georgia uh, if he decides to run for president if you dropped him off in Iowa and let him walk around for two weeks I suspect he'd make a pretty good impression so there's quite a few governors out there that I think, uh, to the congressman's point, I just think governors oftentimes look pretty good to voters uh, when they're looking for the, the next generation of leadership. So that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Biden uh, will run and will. I think they're crazy, but I think they will nominate him. <laughs> and I think the Republicans are going to go with the governor.
0: Elena
4: Treen? I agree with what everyone's saying. Um, and I, I also agree with uh, Congressman Boyle that it's hard to to make predictions at this point, particularly in betting against Trump when when he's proven time and time again to, to show that, despite what a lot of people predict, he's become and has been victorious. I think, um, I agree, governors will play a big role in the 2024 primary. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, definitely one of them. Um, Brian Kemp, interesting for others to bring up this call. He could definitely be a formidable challenger. Um, and I do think a, a big part of this will be Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. A lot of people looking at Ron DeSantis as Trump without the baggage. That's how a lot of Republicans have been describing him. We'll see if he can can keep that uh, kind of defining characteristics and see if, if he is continued to be seen as the alternative to Donald Trump. Um, but it's going to be hard to see. I think we have to see how the elections pan out and see whether or not a lot of these potential challengers can continue to hold a candle to Donald Trump.
0: Well, listen, Congressman Brendan Boyle, Congressman Bill Keating, Elena Treen, Congressional Reporter for Axios, Scott Jennings, longtime Republican strategist and senior CNN political commentator. Thank you so much for joining us. And as you say across the Atlantic, happy holidays to you all. And you never know, we might be talking to you again if we have a US presidential visit in 2023. Sounds good. Thank you you so much. much.